Hello, kitties. I hope you're enjoying Curious Podcast October Extravaganza, the Crit Kicker 5. We bring you five episodes in the month of October. Jack, a device used for lifting something heavy. A device for turning his spit. A male donkey. A man. Usually used as an intensive in such phrases as every man jack. Ripper. One that rips. A machine used to break up solid material. An excellent example or instance of its kind. I want to get to work right away if I get a chance. Good luck. Yours truly, Jack the Ripper. I'm Christopher Scarborough. And I'm Joe Taylor. And welcome to the Curioso Podcast. Joe, you might want to just clear your throat before you <clears throat> yes, before you yeah. start. Have, <laughs> are you true. feeling better? Yeah, I know. I mean, okay. uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just getting into the uh, the old English, you know, mindset for, for this, our third episode for October. For our, uh, our October episodes, mm-hmm. filled with horror and frights mm-hmm. and, uh, and... And things that go bump in the nights. Yeah. Or, yeah, bump and grind in the nights, even. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We're not talking about Jill the Stripper. Oh, sorry. We're not talking about Jack and the Beanstalk. I actually did my research on Jack the Stripper. Isn't that what we were doing? <laughs> no. Uh-oh. We're not talking about Jack in the Box. Uh-huh. And we're not talking about Jack the Rapper. Oh, is there a Jack the Rapper? <laughs> there definitely was. Really? Yeah. That's in the seventies. Yeah. He was one of the first black DJs to start playing Motown and hip hop back in the fifties and sixties. Well, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. What we're talking about today is Oh, uh, that would be uh Jack the Ripper. Right. Yeah. Old Ripper Jack. <laughs> Old Ripper Jack. <laughs> not Jack Sparrow. No, Why no. Is However, Jack Sparrow did play him uh, That's in From true. Hell. Yeah. yeah, as well. In that horrible so, movie. What From Hell? Yeah. I, well, I actually uh, specifically watched it for this episode, uh-huh. and uh, I thought it was okay. The only good part about that film mm-hmm. is Heather Graham. Well, and you know, watching um, uh, the absinthe drinking uh, with laudanum dripped on top. <laughs> that, yeah, you know, that, that wasn't sounds, too bad. Sounds fun. Mm-hmm. But Heather Graham. <laughs> All right, Joe. Well, let's get into it. Who was Jack the Ripper? Mm, I have to say Alan Thick. I don't think he was born. <laughs> no? Oh, man. Michael Caine. Oh, that's a possibility. <laughs> I think he's actually that old. <laughs> I think Michael Caine actually played Jack the Ripper. Did he? In the, I think it was like 80s. It was mm-hmm. a miniseries. Yeah. Uh, called, I think it was just called The Ripper. Really? Yeah. Well, um, there's there's been lots of uh, lots of pop culture, mm-hmm. you know, that that has gone on around Jack the Ripper. 
just recently there was a, a TV show that I've been meaning to watch called Ripper Street, and that is uh, about the. It's a BBC. It's on BBC America. Okay, so it's not like the Johnny Depp Twenty One Jump Street. TV no, no, no. Show it's it's from the 80s. no, no, no. This is this is yeah. It is from the eighties. Okay, the eighteen eighties. Oh, and it's about it's about. <laughs> It's about, you know, the, the few months after the, the Ripper. The uh, aftermath. Yeah, which I, I haven't seen it yet, so uh, okay. no spoilers, anybody. But right. I'd like to watch it see, what it, see what it seems like. So Jack the Ripper, it, it, it was a name given to a killer in London in 1888. And pretty much the newspapers of the time dubbed him Jack the Ripper. Didn't he call himself that? Ah, no one really knows. Some people say that the papers, one of the writers for the paper, mm-hmm. submitted the first letter and signed it with Jack the Ripper. Yeah, giving see, it the the you know the mystery and the oohs and the ahs. Yeah. Well, um, so the whole point of just being Jack, mm-hmm. you know, uh, as far as we can tell. Nobody's really sure who exactly coined it, where it came up first. But right. a Jack is just a person. Can be just any man. Any uh, yeah, like like John. today we would use John Q. Public. Right, right. Back then they just used the word Jack. Any mm-hmm. old Jack. So any right. you know lumberjack. You know, yeah. uh, you know any any was just a person. Mm-hmm. So you know really it could be you know just from that. So mm-hmm. it's just it's anybody. And they're the ripper. They're the one that's, you know, that's, doing the that's ripping. Rip, yeah, that's tearing uh, these women apart. Right. And uh, so let's kind of get into, I guess, the the victims. What actually happened? Okay. Yeah. Ooh, this is what a hundred and twenty some year old case. And also, this yeah, this is set in Victorian England. Yeah, eighteen eighty eight so in London. Right. Um, so uh, around specifically. A place called Whitechapel that's in England. Yes. And at the time, it was a very, very impoverished, I don't want to say slum, but... Yeah, it was East, pretty... Yeah. yeah, East End London, you know, mm-hmm. that was the the seedy side of town where you go West End, that's where all the high, ritzy stuff is. It and was the end where you, there there was there were a few people that lived there mm-hmm. that had money, right. but they they were still even though they had money they weren't living a lavish lifestyle. Exactly, exactly. But the the street you're talking like middle lower class. Yes, uh, and a lot of homeless, a lot of vagrants. I, I mean, I don't know how how else to put it, but it was it was a very dingy, dark time. Mm-hmm. A lot of women of the night. Yeah, and men of the night, mm-hmm. and children of the night. And people, people drinking, just you know, uh, drinking on the streets. Yeah, laudanum was very much present. Yeah, and lots of laudanum, absinthe, uh, opium. Opium was a huge so thing. So I, I gotta, I just have to mention this. Uh, you know, they in the From Hell uh, movie, mm-hmm. he drips um, laudanum onto his sugar cube as he lights it up, and he goes to ingest his his absinthe. Right. Okay. So I didn't really know what, uh, what laudanum exactly was. I've heard people discuss it and talk about it, but I basically, I found out it is like the purest, like kind of opiate that you can get. Mm -hmm. So it's like, has all of the alkaloids. Yeah. So, so talking about, you know, you talk about heroin, you talk about, you know, opium and different things. It's like you separate them out Mm -hmm. to, to make the different types of, 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 you know, 
Opiates. Opiates. Yeah. But this is like all of the opiates yeah, together in a, a dropper. Concentrated. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I didn't exactly know what that was. And this, this could be bought as, as like a cough suppressant. Yeah. So people were just walking around taking this crap all day. Well, yeah. And, <laughs> you know? And, 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 you know, 1890 and early 1900s, you know, people had Coke and, and it was called snuff or whatever. And they would just walk down the street and do a little blow. You know, and they did it for. I mean, like, that still headaches. happens today. Yes, but, <laughs> yes, it does. But it, you know, there's a lot more regulation on it. Right, but you're talking at that time it was available and people did it yeah. a lot, and there were really no regulations to say you cannot. Yeah. Pretty much the cops, if you were drunken and disorderly or you were wasted, if you were causing a problem, yeah, they would lock you in the hooskow for a night, and tell you. You sobered up, and then they kicked you out in the morning. Yeah. And that's pretty much what, you know, that's, that's the drunk what they tank, did. Yeah, basically. Yeah. It's unclear exactly how many victims are attributed to, quote-unquote, Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. Uh, it generally accepted that he killed five people, five women. Now, that being said, mm-hmm. it is generally accepted that there's five. However, I've seen as few as four mm-hmm. uh, because they said that there's possibly one that is is not Right, is not it's in not... It. I mean, we'll get into it, but that one doesn't really fit into the MO, the modus operandi of yeah. the other four. Yeah. So, but people argue different things about it's still within half a block, a block away from mm-hmm. from the, the fourth. Yeah. So it's... And- and as many mm-hmm. as up to about 17 yeah, is what I yeah. was seeing. So it's possible that there were actually 17 murders. Mm-hmm. And um, there's there's a theory that a year or two before these Whitechapel murders, in and around London, there were other Jack the Ripper-like murders. Uh, I think there was two or three that went unexplained. Yeah. Uh, and they weren't even looked at because they were spread so far apart in time, you know, six, seven months here or a year there. Uh, they were just kind of passed off. And they weren't as brutal mm-hmm. as as the main Whitechapel murders. Yeah. So we'll just go down the, the list uh, of dates and times. First, we have Marianne Polly Nichols uh, murdered Friday, August 31st, 1888. And this is this is generally considered the 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 first, right? Um, however, like, there was also a Martha Tabron who was murdered Tuesday, August seventh, eighteen eighty eight, and it's possible that that could have been the first as well, right? Uh, the, these five are considered the conical or the the canon, as it were, in mm-hmm. in Ripper lore. Yeah, yeah. And, these are the ones. Uh, I mean, not the Martha Tabron one that I mentioned, but the right. You know, just I just wanted to mention that since we were saying that mm-hmm. that that. Polly Nichols was the first. There is one that could possibly be before her, but no, right. nobody's really sure because obviously, like we haven't stated yet, but uh, we've still not caught Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. probably dead by now. He but, might be a vampire. You know, yeah. I mean, or it, an immortal. It, yeah. An immortal. <laughs> he's a Highlander. He, he could be. He yeah, could be. That can be only one. The second conical murder was Annie Chapman, murdered Saturday. September 8th, 1888. Then we have Elizabeth Stride, murdered Sunday, September 30th, 1888. Catherine Eddowes, also murdered that same date. Now, this is the one where Elizabeth Stride 
was she was murdered and she only had her her throat slit which is a horrible way to go but when they found the body they it happened within that time frame so the conjecture was that uh the ripper was interrupted you know yeah like uh, either, cortis interruptus yeah and uh, there was a, a a gentleman i i i don't have his name right in front of me but basically uh he was coming along the street and found elizabeth stride mm-hmm. and and saw something laying on the ground lit a match and immediately saw the woman there so he's right. thinking uh, the 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 police Scotland Yard was thinking that at the time, while uh, the gentleman came up with a horse cart, mm-hmm. that he interrupted Jack the Ripper, right? And he went running. Yeah. So yeah. and because he couldn't get out his his jollies, didn't get his rocks off, right. You know, because of what he does, the brutalness that he slays someone with, he had to go and slay someone else. Let probably you know a few hours later. Right. And. It, that's about right. It was about a few hours within the time frame that Catherine Eddowes was murdered. Then we go on to Mary Jane Kelly, or Marie Jeanette Kelly, murdered Friday, November 9th, 1888. So besides these five, there are good reasons to believe that the first victim was really Martha, Martha Tabram, which you had talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to mention that the, the five conical mm-hmm. that you had just mentioned, Mary Ann Polly, Annie Chapman, Elizabeth Stride, Catherine Eddowes, and uh, uh, Marie Jeanette Kelly, mm-hmm. all murdered on weekends. Oh, yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and a Friday. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it, it's kind of bizarre to me. Not you know, really. Because on the weekends, what do we usually do? Yeah, but I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not sure. saying we go out and murder people, but we go out. Well, no, I mean not all the time. No, no, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, we're just. Uh, that's good podcasting. We, we're just staring. We at literally each other, stared grinning, at each other. Yeah, grinning. <laughs> <laughs> this is such an interesting case because you've got things like that where it only happens the weekend. You've got points where. Um, some people say that uh, the women were murdered in such a fashion that it could have been a medical person. You've got points where people are like, no, it, it had to be a butcher, or it had to be a candlestick maker, or it happened in the parlor. With- Did really someone say no, a candlestick ju- maker? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but there are so many different points of conjecture in this case. It's ridiculous. Okay, well... Just to explain what you're talking about, mm-hmm. let, let's get into the uh, method of operation a little okay. bit. Modus so operandi. The modus operandi, as you said. Operandi? Operandi. <laughs> Electric lights. Um, right. So as we were saying, it, it all happened in Whitechapel. Uh, it's generally thought that the murderer stood facing his victim. So they were facing each other. So one person was looking at the other. Right. So uh, then the woman, mm-hmm. by the way, all women. All prostitutes. Yeah, all prostitutes, all women. These five conical murders are all prostitutes. Yeah. And I also want to mention that um, prostitution in in that time frame, mm-hmm. in that day, it wasn't so looked down upon. It was looked down upon. It, it but, was. But, but you had <laughs> – this is the funny thing because you had your – 
your levels of prostitution. Mm-hmm. You had your um, uppity, 2D, twirling her, her pearls in her parlor yeah. prostitutes, which would cost you, you know, uh, a, you know, few Don't handfuls say of money. Egg. That is <laughs> no, just a kidney and a uterus. Yeah. Oh. And then you had levels going down from there mm-hmm. to where the white chapel prostitutes were near the bottom. Well, when they it were. Came they were. To, like, they were also. They were staying in a few of the bars. You know, mm-hmm. they they would have inns up top. They would stay there for for the night or whatever. But it wasn't that strange for you know, grandma mm-hmm. to go, okay, well, we're running, we're not really selling anything right now. We go need to make a little money. Sell your sweet arse. Yeah, no, really. Yeah, for, oh, I know. For grandma to go out on the streets, you know, bag a few Johns and then come back with some <laughs> jacks. Yeah, bag a few jacks. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it just, it wasn't bizarre. It wasn't strange. It was right. just something that women of their time in that mm-hmm. kind of, uh, you know, in that demographic of, yeah. of you know, Money mm-hmm. would 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 do, yeah. you know, and it wasn't it wasn't really. Yes, it was looked down upon by a certain group of people, but mm-hmm. also doing what you have to do to take care of your family is is you know is what they were doing exactly. So yeah. so you you know you had women who kind of had loose morals about it. Mm-hmm. So that's what they they think all these women were. They weren't necessarily doing that every night, all night, but sometimes mm-hmm. they were. Right, and there there are uh, points made by a lot of historians, uh, ripperologists, if mm-hmm. you will, who say that, you know, if you imagine one of these women, okay, in any given hour, how many guys or men is she trying to... Procure money from? Yeah, pro- procure money from, yes. Within that hour, she's probably talking to every single guy walking by in the street because yeah. she wants that... That she wants that dough, half guinea or half farthing or, or you know, shiny pittance, whatever they you know were handing out at the time for the exchange of sex. I'm not sure. You you're not sure of your t- turn of the my turn. Uh, yeah, the turn my of the Victorian uh, <laughs> Victorian sex exchange rates. No, I'm not. I got for, the, for yeah. the pound. You're no. not sure. No. Okay. <laughs> A pound for a pound, maybe. Well, maybe. I I don't think it was quite that much. Yeah, but probably not that much. Anyway. So if she talks to, say, 10 people walk by her in 10 minutes, that's uh, a dude a minute she's talking to. Not to say that she's stoinking every dude that she walks that walks by because not everybody's taking the bait. But eyewitnesses say, oh, she was with this guy and then they went out into the, the alley together. Yeah, that guy could be completely different than the guy who actually killed her. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. because 15 minutes later when she walks out from the alley and gets the next guy... You know, that could be Jack. It Mm -hmm. could be Steve. Who knows? So uh, back to what we were talking about. Yeah. So um, basically you had uh, the Ripper and the victim facing each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the, uh, victim Mm -hmm. or the prostitute would have lifted her skirt. And generally, they think that uh, because the hands were occupied and defenseless at this point, the Ripper took this took this time mm-hmm. to grab her by the throat and strangle her. Right. Now, originally, a lot of people thought that, you know, possibly the woman was bending forward and the Ripper was behind her. Gotcha. Uh, but they've kind of disproven that, thinking that basically, like, having to bend over the woman to try to grab her neck 
mm. is probably not the way that it happened. From that, yeah, it would be really difficult from that yeah, angle. Be, yeah, yeah, because also like you, because of the way you, that you would grab them, you kind of would get the back of their neck and they could possibly scream. Mm -hmm. So they think that the, the ripper came from the front. Right. So or, I mean, and basically, I mean, generally, you know, I hope there's not a whole lot of children listening to this episode because we are talking about explicit sex and violence here. But yes. they generally think that they, they kind of did it standing up, mm -hmm. like up against a wall or something like that. Right. That's generally I, how sex was performed back then. Right. And there are a few in this, uh, this case that did have rooms. Mm -hmm. But the first one, she was found on the street. Yeah. Right. But also... You also have the idea that the the the, the grounds, <laughs> everything on the ground was it was very wet, mm -hmm. it was very muddy and nasty, and they don't think that any of these women would would have wanted to have sex laying down. Right. So well, I found out you, you, you just you, I'm sure you have drunken men pissing in the streets all over ah, the place. Yeah, I found out that parts of the alleyways back then, or the yards. Yeah, that's what they were used for. They mm -hmm. were used for outdoor bathrooms. Yeah. Because not everybody, you know, the vagrants wandering around or the, the guys on shore leave from the dock, which was a half a block down the street, mm -hmm. they'd get, you know, drunk Tanked. and, yeah. And people just peed and pooed in the, in the, the quote unquote yards. Yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't want to lay down that either. Yeah, exactly. So uh, so uh, after the woman lifted her skirts, was defenseless mm -hmm. uh, because she was doing something, hold, holding her skirts up, uh, the ripper came, grabbed her by the neck, and strangled her, possibly until dead, uh, most likely unconscious, at least. Mm -hmm. At least, So yeah. one or the other. Right. Um, and then... It's also seen from the the back of the head mm -hmm. that there's there's really no bruising that's okay. back there. So it's generally thought that uh, they uh, were not dropped, but purposefully laid down on their backs. Okay. So uh, and then the ripper would have stood on their right hand side, possibly. Uh, the ripper then lowered his victims to the ground, their heads to the left. Uh, and uh, standing on the opposite side of their body would have taken some kind of a knife or scalpel and slit their throats. Mm -hmm. The reason for doing this is standing on the opposite side of the body. So you're basically you're standing on one side of the body. You lean over right. and slit their neck, drag cut, it their, you. cut their ar artery, mm -hmm. uh, and drag it towards you, is that the, the ar arterial spray is going to shoot in the opposite direction. Right. Right. not getting on you. Right. And that's part of the reason why they think that the Ripper might possibly be a butcher, right. might possibly be a surgeon of mm -hmm. some sort, uh, knows a little bit about anatomy, and is not just going after these women like... Like you know, a feral dog. Exactly. Right. Because there is he knows, some method to the madness. Exactly, because he knows that if he cuts in that specific way, the blood's going to spurt in the opposite direction mm -hmm. and, and not cover you. A butcher would definitely know that. Yes. You know, cutting cutting open, you know, pigs and cows and things in, in uh, that way. Yeah, but you have to understand, this is also the 1800s, where anywhere outside of the city, and probably even in the city... People had slaughterhouses, not butchers, not like a butcher shop, yeah. but there were slaughterhouses and things like that. So not just butchers would know how to dispatch an animal. Do you, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. There's, there's I mean, more conjecture. I mean, butchers, yeah, they're like on the, the, the suspect list because of their knowledge of anatomy. I mean, 
pigs are pretty close to us anatomically when it comes to guts. Yeah. Uh, you know, placement of, of the guts, um, pretty close to us. Doctors, you know, the, of course, people are going to go with that theory. But there are other people who may or may not have had even... even uh, that, some experience yeah, killing even if you got and... into a library at the time and, and snatched up a, you know, a, um, a biology book, you would have a layman's understanding. Well, if you could read, that is. Exactly. If you could read. So also... Uh, a lot of people say that it doesn't seem that there was any intercourse detected, uh, you know, with the, the bodies or or beforehand. Mm-hmm. Also, it doesn't seem like uh, the, 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 he masturbated over the bodies. However, I have seen some of the time where they mention that it's possible that uh, some of the women looked like they had kind of fresh water on them. Okay. And it's possible that, it, you know, you did get a lot of rain, a lot of fog back then. It is London. Uh, also, one of the things that they, that, uh, that you know, is seen in some of the pictures and, you know, that we figured out is that he has a tendency to, well, basically he, he lifts their skirts mm-hmm. at that point after they're dead. He's slit their throats. He then lifts their skirts and basically starts slicing into their abdomen. Yeah, disemboweling disemboweling. Yeah. Uh, for the various women, he's done things such as uh, taken out the uterus, mm-hmm. taken out different organs. Parts of the uh, kidney. Parts of the kidney. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the time, a, a lot of the time, it's noticed that uh, a trophy was taken. Right. Just like in modern modern day serial killers. Yeah. I mean, and he, and he also just did mutilation. Yeah. Where he would just, you know, there were various wounds besides the throat and the abdomen, other cut wounds that he was just mutilating the body. And it's just one of the things that it's so strange. Uh, oh, what I was talking about, the sprinkling of, sprinkling of water. Mm-hmm. Because he's taking out the uterus and things like that, it's also possible that, you know, he might have accidentally pierced the bladder. And he, yeah, um, uh, he most likely did because yeah. there was... Just saying, you know, you know what happens when you have a water balloon and you poke a hole into it? That's kind of what I'm getting at. It could have, you know, kind of sprayed. Yeah, well, one of them, he actually did puncture a an, uh, lower intestine. Mm-hmm. And what hangs out in the lower intestine? Poo-poo. Yeah, well. And it was it was all over the inside of her abdominal cavity. Yeah. Because it, it had ruptured. Mm-hmm. We'll get into this a little bit later, but there, were, there was you a... You get a bad infection from that. <laughs> not after you're dead. Oh, well, you know. Um, there was so many different possible clues in this case... Uh, I just want to talk about the the cloth, the piece of um, handkerchief that was found after one of the murders had blood splatters and fecal matter on it. Mm-hmm. So one of the theories is that he had cut it off the victim's skirt or uh, apron and used it to wipe his hands, which had blood and poop on them yeah. because he was messing around in on the insides. an abdomen that had been ruptured uh, the lower intestine had ruptured, so some people say that that chunk of cloth isn't related. Some people say it is, but like you were saying, if he had ruptured any part of you know a, a bladder or an intestine or something like that, you might get pee and poop all over the corpse as well. Yeah, but uh, you know, so I don't think we mentioned specifically like the significance of this. Mm-hmm. Although Jack the Ripper isn't necessarily the very first serial killer, right? He is probably the um, 
the the first largest the the first one around a like a large metropolitan area mm-hmm. the first one that was really noted in the newspapers yeah mass that media he, yeah that he was ran with it yeah that he was murdering people you know over a two month period three month period really yeah, yeah. um so it just you know not not to mention the fact that you know newspapers of the day they made money by how many they sold yeah. so of course they're they're pumping up the crimes they're talking about it yeah. they're getting people hyped and worried and you know, there there's so many women out. I mean, a lot of the time, because he was killing women uh, specifically, people were staying inside and they were sending their children out to the market, right. you know, to go get uh, items that they need and things like that. So they were sending their children out there alone because they're like, well, at least he doesn't kill children. <laughs> right, so right. you know, you you run out and you know you run out and uh, grab me some grog and bring mm-hmm. it back. You know, yeah, that, that's what they were doing. So, but the, I mean, the papers uh, originally. Uh, after the first case, he was coined as Leather Apron because mm-hmm. someone, a witness, said that she saw uh, a, a madman in a leather apron who looked like a butcher, you know, after one of the murders. Yeah. So first paper ran with Leather Apron murderer, you know, on the loose. They also, they I think they might have saw like a leather apron that was kind of bundled up in the yard mm-hmm. as well, they had mentioned. Right. Uh, Trying to imagine being in this old, you know, dirty, dark. Th- I mean, they didn't have a lot of light back then. Yeah, most of the stuff happened at night. Well, that's the other thing too. Is is Jack the Ripper himself is practically working in near darkness when he's yeah. doing this as yeah. well to the to these women. Mm-hmm. So he, I mean, that's why they they say he had to have known how to use a knife. And yes and no. He cut a woman's uterus out with like one failed swoop. But did he mean to cut the uterus out? Well, I don't know. Ah, was it a selective, I want the uterus, slice, reach in, oh, there it is, chop, chop, and chop, boom, uterus, three points. I I tend to think if he had a little bit of, you know, anatomical background, it was kind of like a snatch and grab. He got him that open. That is not a funny joke, Joe. No, no, no. No, he got him open. And the first organ, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> yeah, the first organ that he was able to distinguish, that's what he took, mm-hmm. you know, as if you're near dark, you know, and you've got a big old six, seven inch sharp knife and you're reaching around in some lady's guts, you're going to f- pick the first solid organ you can. If that's what your plan is, you know what I mean? To just take out an organ. I guess so. I mean, I'm just, I don't, I don't think it was preordained he had to have this or he had to have that. I mean, but he specifically knew, took a piece of the liver and then sent some of it later on with a letter to the, you know, to the authorities. Right. You know? That he may have. After saying he, of course, ate a piece. Yeah. So, but it's, it's, so. Part of the reason why this is so infuriating, he's not, like I said, he's not necessarily the very first, you know, serial killer. But right. but he, you know, is probably like the biggest and kind of romanticized. Um, mm-hmm. Because this this is a time before forensic science. This is a time before fingerprinting even. Yeah. And, you know, in, in that kind of dark time where, where all this was happening. You pretty much had to catch someone in the act. Yeah. Or, or. You, you catch the criminal that's doing it and have him confess. Right. Those are pretty much the only two ways 
that you can that you can catch this criminal. Mm-hmm. So and and that w- that never happened. No, you know they never they never got anybody con- to confess, mm-hmm. and they never they never caught him in the act. Damn close, but but did not actually catch them. Right. So up the ante, I guess in this whole chaotic time during these murders, the central news agency was sent a letter dated 25th of September, postmarked for the 27th of September, was headed, Dear Boss. There are several other, quote-unquote, Jack the Ripper letters, but this was, uh, people say, the, the first one that he really sent. Some people say it's still a hoax, but a lot of people say that because uh, Eddowes was found three days after the letter was postmarked with the remarks that part of her ear was partially cut off and the letter promises to clip the lady's ear off in the letter. So basically the letters come in saying what it's going to do and they find the body. He's calling a shot like Babe Ruth. Yeah, he's pointing to the grandstands. Yeah. You know, so that's why people say this letter has to be, you know, legit, too legit to quit because it in the letter there is too much information. The crime scene backs up the information. So then there was another letter sent, and it's called the Saucy Jackie Postcard, and it was postmarked the 1st of October. Then there's the infamous From Hell letter, which was received by a George Lusk, leader of the Whitechapel Vigilance Committee, on the 16th of October. And the handwriting style is unlike that of the Dear Boss letter and the Saucy Jackie postcard. Letter came with a small box. When Lutz opened the box, he discovered half a kidney preserved in spirits of wine or ethanol. The writer claimed that he had fried and ate the missing kidney half. There is a disagreement over the kidney. Some contend it belonged to Eddowes, while others argue that it was nothing more than a macabre practical joke. And then the final letter that's in the canon of the Jack the Ripper letters uh, is the Openshaw letter, which that kidney from the previous letter uh, was sent to a Dr. Thomas Openshaw of London Hospital, who determined that it was human and from the left side of the body. But contrary to false newspaper reports, he could not determine its gender or age. Openshaw subsequently also received a letter signed, Jack the Ripper. And if you actually look at at the the letters, um, there's a wonderful site that we found uh, called Casebook. And it is chock full of Ripper knowledge. Yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely using that quite a bit because yeah. it, it seems like it's got a collaboration of lots of armchair detectives. Yeah, but it seems to have... Lots of people who are really interested in the case. Right, but it has all of the quote-unquote facts and it does have some actual pictures of the, the letters. And it, they don't... Like, none of them, to me, look like the same handwriting. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I, unless he had schizophrenia or... Which is um, very possible. It, it very, very much, yeah. But some handwriting analysis people have said that even people with schizophrenia still would write close to Similar, yeah. to what, you know. Um, but there's different spelling errors in, in these letters. 
And, and there's hundreds of letters that had come in throughout this, you know, few months and after mm-hmm. at, that people either attribute as hoaxes or real. There's so many, I mean, just like we were talking about with the, um, the, uh, the sus- actual the suspects. Yeah. Anywhere from six to now 500 sub- suspects mm-hmm. that people around the world believe that uh, Jack the Ripper could be. Or was, I should say. So whoever you think it was, maybe it wasn't. Whichever letters you think he wrote, maybe he didn't. (laughs) Whichever organs you think he plotted out to steal from people, maybe he didn't. Maybe he did. Every single point. There are are things missing (laughs) from the women. There are body parts. But I'm saying. Organs, rather. But I'm saying every single point of these cases you can find fault on both sides. And I think that's why, you know, the legacy of Jack the Ripper has lasted for over 120-some years. You know, we've got... I mean, people have been doing, um, like, walking tours of London for mm-hmm. a very long time, since I think the 50s or 60s. Yeah. There was a, a company doing walking tours of London. And not just the Ripper stuff, you know, like... Um, Going to see the Thames or going to see, um, you know, the castle or any sites of London if you're Mm -hmm. a a foreigner. Like like you would in any major metropolitan area that you've never been to. You'd probably find a tour guide or or something. But one of the major, major things was the Ripper tour. To walk the scene, to walk the areas and the alleys where these women were murdered. Since the early, earliest times... Uh, people have been writing stories and books, and uh, when movies came out, one of one of the first uh, Alfred Hitchcock movies was based on the Ripper, you know, The Lodger. Mm-hmm. It's an old black and white Alfred Hitchcock movie. So I'm, I'm saying the legacy is still going strong. Well, it's also due to the fact that we really don't know Ex- who it is. So my act, the scarred and dangerous thrill show, I'm only one half of. The other half is Dangerous D. He's currently living in California, and he's going to call in from time to time to give you his two cents about all of our topics here on The Curioso. Now, all dangers considered, a moment with Dangerous D. In doing research for this podcast topic, Jack the Ripper, I have finally been inspired to create my own boylesque act called Jack the Stripper. I will dance to London Calling by The Clash, and my show will consist of cutting hookers' throats and removing organs while I slowly take off my cape, top hat, and bow tie. Huzzah! All right, so, uh, Joe, let's start getting into the suspects. Okay. So, uh, in 1894, which is, you know, a good couple years after this, Mm -hmm. uh, Sir Meville Magnatin, he was the chief constable at the time, and he wrote a confidential report in which he names the top three suspects. Uh, 
Um, the information didn't really come out until way later in like 1959. It wasn't made out uh, to the public. Right. But his top suspect was a guy named M.J. Druitt. But you know the weird thing is is that in the you know in the in the paperwork he wrote that he was a barrister that he that turned teacher and committed suicide in December 1888. Mm-hmm. But um, you know you know after like looking at more evidence. You know, he said that uh, he was a, a doctor, age 41, uh, and that he committed suicide immediately after the murder. But, you know, we know now that Drew was actually 31. He wasn't a doctor, and he killed himself about a month after the last official murder. Right. So it's, you know, we, we just get so many different conflicting, you know, mm-hmm. things about it. You know, so many different conflicting ideas and, and views and, and, you know, it's just, it, it's really hard to pinpoint everything mm-hmm. after so long. Yeah. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was one of the suspects. Um, some people even thought that uh, our old buddy Joseph Merrick mm-hmm. could have been <laughs> Jack the Ripper. He was a contemporary. He was a you know not famous, but he, he was he was you know a famous person in and around London at the time. And he died in 1890. So, mm, yeah, he, I don't he think was, he can move that fast. He couldn't. No, he was. But his still, bones were fused. I know, but people still, you know, some people thought it was him. Some people thought it was. Well, by the way, let's just mention that he is the Elephant Man. Yes, sorry, Joseph so, Merrick was the Elephant uh, you Man. You know, uh, he also is mentioned in the movie From Hell. Yes, yes, uh, he is. as in showing uh, off to the medical college mm-hmm. at the time. There was a, a gentleman by the name of Severin Kolowski. Uh, he used the alias, uh, the alias as George Chapman, uh, and he was thought to possibly be the the Ripper. Um, he was actually a serial wife poisoner. Uh, he poisoned a, mul- mul- <laughs> mm-hmm. a few different wives. Right. Um, but you know, science tends to reject this as a serious candidate. Yeah, they they couldn't really find anything else about it. But yeah, but that was actually... put out by Frederick uh, Abilene. He was a retired crack detective that was in charge of the Ripper and investigation. Yeah, but Chapman, he was actually arrested and hung in 1903. So I think he's out of the running. Uh, well, I would assume that that would be for the multiple wife murdering. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Another suspect was David Cohen, who I think he was out of the running because in uh, December 21st, 1888, he was transferred to Coney Hatch Asylum. So he was pretty much locked up at the time. Uh, in December. No, but the last murder, the last conical murder was in November. Right. But I'm saying that he was too far gone to have committed any anything methodical. You know what I mean? Uh, I guess I don't know. I'm man. just. I'm not. I'm not counting anybody out. At, I, I know, at, at but I'm point. saying I'm going down this list, and people are basically just pointing fingers yeah. at crazies, crackpots, sleaze well, balls, all the way up to royal family, yeah. where they're you know anybody that someone didn't like, they could say, "Oh, he's he, he's Jack the Ripper. <laughs> Take him out, coppers." Yeah, but that's also I think you know partially with the with all the letters that they sent in, uh-huh. you know. Trying to to point the blame towards certain people that you don't like. It's it's almost like a witch hunt. 
Yeah. I mean, really, yeah. it's 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 very similar. And it was you know? a little political. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you had different parties saying, uh, you know, the Whitechapel area is a disgrace to London and must be cleaned up. So they were blaming, you know, uh, senators and doctors, anybody who was against their party for cleaning up the town, basically. So you had political uh, agendas going, you had social agendas going, uh, and everything. So, Joe, you know, we, we've mentioned quite a few people, but let's get to, let's get to uh, the two, well, like, let's get to probably the three, my three favorites. Okay, the ones that, we, we talked about this earlier before we started recording, and I, I, I do kind of agree with a, a few of these points. They, mm-hmm. they seem very logical. Yeah. They seem, uh, you know... On the the calendar, uh, the timeline, they seem to all fit, give or take a few points. But yeah, let her let her rip. So Chris. even if <laughs> oh, Joe, <laughs> your own point. Even if they don't necessarily fit, these are my favorite ideas, and and I think they're the most sensationalized. So okay, okay. So Joe, have you ever heard of the Servant Girl Annihilator? Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm sure you have, because uh, mm-hmm. you've lived in Texas before for a That's while. That's right, several uh, this, times. Yeah, the Servant Girl Annihilator, uh, this happened in, te- in Austin, Texas, uh, around 1885. Right. Okay, so we're talking several years before the Whitechapel murders. Mm-hmm. Three um, to be exact. Yeah, three to be exact. So at the time, there were several women that were murdered. Uh, and this happened, you know, all throughout, basically, you know, uh, happened in like December of uh, 1884 through um, December of 1885, basically over the entire year. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you basically had servant girls, m- mm-hmm. mainly. Ma- mainly they were black mm-hmm. and they were you know, just kind of living in their, their, their rooms. They were sleeping at night and some guy came in and basically slashed them up. Right. Slashed them up and murdered them. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. Uh, they weren't. Necess- they, none were noticed to be sexually assaulted. Okay. Um, you had a few men that were also cut up, but generally they were they were pretty much just like cut in their sleep, and they weren't really played with like okay. the like the servant girls. They were, were just dispatched. Yeah, they were pretty much just dispatched. Right. There was, I think, one man that was cut up a little bit. Okay. But I have a feeling that he was, you know, whoever the servant girl annihilator was, mm-hmm. that maybe he was like ah. Let me just give it a try. No, not my thing. Okay, now, hold on. Before we go any further, Mm -hmm. if you take any stock in modern-day profiling, some people say it's bunk, whatever. One of the things they do in profiling is they follow the, the, the line of escalation when it comes to murders. Yes. And... Part of it is saying that when they were small children, possibly they tortured animals, you know? They and say then, that that's a good sign, yeah. Yeah, but I'm saying you follow that progression. Now, when it comes to something like murder, um, you're not, you're not the, the best at what you do on your first time out, mm-hmm. you know? You are, it's a, there's a big learning curve with killing people, <laughs> you know? So you, you have to think that... If this guy started somewhere else, okay, uh, his first go, you know, goes out, you know, and, and his first time around trying to do this and satiate whatever urge is driving him to kill, to kill, it probably would be something like that, where he's dispatching either people who are in the way, who might 
notice him, like the, the fellas mm-hmm. that you, you said. And there was also a few women that got away. Uh, that, yeah. that woke up and were able to to run away and, mm-hmm. and before they were they were slit. Right. A lot of these and like you were saying, like you're not necessarily that the MO changed too much. No. But you know, it might have tried one thing and it didn't work very well. Right. There is an um, evolution when it yeah. comes to serial killer patterns. So one of the things is is that uh this this guy, the servant girl annihilator, had a tendency to jab things into the women's ears. Okay. To to kill them. Okay. So basically, you know, shoving it into their ears to to, to get into the brain, mm-hmm. and killed several women this way. Right. Uh, so what's weird is is that he was mostly killing black girls, okay. um, servant girls at the time, and then the the very last two, in uh, it was actually um, the 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 Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. he had killed two kind of wealthy white women. Okay. Um, and then the murders just stopped. Right, and that they they didn't exist anymore. They were done. So what I what I kind of like about this, and now we're, I know we were kind of mentioning the the server girl annihilator, mm-hmm. but I don't want to get too far into it. Just kind of a, a few of his methods and things like that. But mm-hmm. uh, be, we're not here to discuss the servant girl <laughs> annihilator. We're here to discuss Jack the Ripper. Right. Uh, but I wanted to mention that this Malaysian cook uh, he, he goes by the name Maurice. That's what he calls himself. There's Maurice. no yeah Maurice. There's no right. mention of a last name. Um, this, uh, this guy basically left the premises, left Austin. He left on a ship mm-hmm. to get the heck out of there and said he was, he was a cook right, as well. Right. And, uh, he left on the ship, cooked on the ship, mm-hmm. and he was saying that he was going to go to London. Right. Okay. Uh, so basically, you know, it, it took the some time, frame, the time frame. What, about two months, three months to yeah. get across mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, the pond? Yeah, so it took a while for him to get over uh, to England, and it's possible that he mm-hmm. went to London, and then he started murdering girls again. And cooks are half butcher. They well, they they know. Yeah, I mean, cooks know how to cut into things and, and stuff like that. They well, know how, I mean, they have to dispatch. They have to know, you know anatomy. Exactly. You know? yeah. I'm sure they know how to cut a chicken. You know, right. and pig. Mm-hmm. The pigs were a big big thing in Austin. Still are. So anyway. I just really love the connection between that, mm-hmm. you know, the servant girl annihilator and, and how brutal that mm-hmm. that killer was mm-hmm. and how brutal the, the, the Ripper killer is and that it's possible that they might be the same killer. Right. And you, and you also have to, I mean, there's plenty of people who agree with this theory. Mm-hmm. And you have to think that the type of people who were doing the, you know, the, the ship jumping and stuff like that, mm-hmm. basically, you know, merchant sailors who nine times out of ten used aliases. Yeah, but that's that's kind of because like... Because they were, they were trying to get away from the law, yeah. from this country or that state or whatever. Well, that's the whole thing with, like, joining the circus, I, you know? I know. You join know. the circus, you can go away, you know, and it's like, what are you running from? Because you can just join up and, and leave. Exactly. And you can do the same thing on a ship, on a boat, mm-hmm. and, you know, work for, you know, work for your living out on the boat, get to another dock and go do something else. He kills two well-to-do people... It gets a little too hot, you know, in Austin. He hightails it, says he's going to London. Who knows if he did, but I do I do like that, that theory. Mm-hmm. It's a very plausible theory when it, you're talking about a, uh, you know, the profession, the timing, and the possible knowledge. Mm-hmm. All right, so, Joe, this next one uh, is one of my favorites as well. 
And uh, it's kind of a little bit more along the lines of, um, of the paranormal, shall we say. Okay. Have you ever heard of the spring heel jack? Mm, no. Now, a lot of people think that the spring heel jack is the same, you know, the, just a different name for Jack the Ripper, and okay. it's not. Uh, the spring heel jack happened... In uh, it happened in the 19th century in uh, Sheffield, England. But it, I mean, there was there's different reports all over the place, and in fact, there's been reports around England as as recently as 1995. Uh, some reports like in Chile in the 40s and the 50s. Um, but basically, in 1808, and as you realize, this uh, this in, if 1808, this happened 80 years before the Ripper murders. Wow. Yeah. So this is this is uh, this is a a ghost that's been happening for a long time. So years ago, a famous ghost walked past and played many pranks in this historic neighborhood. Uh, There was a a letter written to the editor of the Sheffield Times talking about the park ghost or the spring-heeled jack. Now, this spring-heeled jack had a tendency to to jump out um, in front of men, women, uh, different people at night, and they said that he had glowing red eyes, Mm-hmm. He looked like he possibly had uh, bat wings. Okay. He was full size, like a man. Right. Okay. And uh, he had very devil-like, uh, devil-like looks to him. Okay. So he had horns. He had those glowing red eyes or popped-out eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and uh, he, you know there was vigilante uh, groups that were formed to try to get catch the Jack. There's like a like you know, just a lot of stuff about the spring heel Jack. Right. They said it's possible that he had. Um, you could see his ribs underneath the you know underneath of his skin. Okay. Different things. I'm thinking you know if he possibly had you know like a cape. Something okay. like that, you know what I mean? He could, yeah. pop, you know, a dark cape. He could pop out at somebody, and it would look like, you know, some kind of bat wings or something. Kind of sound like the Jersey Devil. Yeah, it is. But yeah. I'm saying like it's been around for a long time. You know, like mm-hmm. this, you know, this kind of um, this uh, cryptid. You know what I mean? Cryptozoologic. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. People think that you know this this there's a creature, and he just he's right. a ghost story. He's some kind of a devil, and he roams the the night. But he's you know he's been seen in plenty of places around England, gotcha. and he also. Uh, blows blue flame oh, from his mouth. Interesting. So he's also, you know, he's a fire eater. Right. You know. But he he uses methane. Well, you know, whatever. <laughs> but all I'm saying is that, you know, if Jack the Ripper is sitting there and he's cutting women open in the middle mm. of the night, being able to ex- uh, exhale blue flame so you can see what you're doing <laughs> would right. be very helpful. But so, then you get some toasty women. Well, I mean, you know, I guess you could just blow it out of the side of your mouth or something <laughs> like that as you're working. Yeah. So, but I have like, I have a huge... Uh, Huge webpage all about the the Springhill Jack and where he's shown up in the legend and uh, and it's it, it's very cool. Take a chance to to read that on our on our show notes. But you know, I'm just saying that it's possible that the Springhill Jack and uh, mm-hmm. Jack the Ripper might be uh, one and the same. That's you never right. know. So part of the reason, Joe, that we're doing this episode specifically. Uh, is because of stuff that came out in the news recently. Have you heard about it? Yes, I have. It's possible that um, that they have found definitive evidence uh, of of Jack the Ripper. Ba 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 bum. Yes, uh, like we were talking about, it's over 120 years. Uh, it's 100 about 126 years mm-hmm. ago, and uh, this uh, this all came out just recently this year in 2014. That uh, they think that uh, Catherine Eddowes. Um, had a scarf or a shawl with her. Yes. Okay. Now, this was bought at an auction by Russell Edwards uh, in 2007. This was a scarf that was passed down, Hmm. uh, you know, basically 
know, sometimes evidence and evidence lockers and things like that. They, <laughs> they take it out, they move it. Yeah, you know what I mean? And, yeah, and yeah. basically it came down and it came into auction. Right. So uh, this was uh, Catherine Eddowes during her murder. Mm-hmm. Now, this guy, Russell Edwards, he, he got the evidence, collected DNA uh, samples, and found... Um, Found DNA from different all kinds of different people. He got some from Catherine Eddowes, uh, you know, her her family. Family line, yeah. Her family line. And also a guy named Aaron Kosminski. Okay. Now, Aaron Kosminski, we didn't mention when we were talking about suspects because we wanted to kind of wait until now. And there's 500 of them. Yeah. Now, <laughs> uh, Aaron Kosminski was a was a Jewish uh, a hairdresser or, you know, a barber oh, uh, back then. Yeah. So, you know, being a barber, you might know a little bit about, you know, a little bit about anatomy, you know? You think? Well, you know, back in the day, barbers and, you know, surgeons and things like that were typically a lot of the time the same people. (laughs) Right, yeah. Have you ever heard the legend, like, of the barber pole? Yeah. Why you had the red and white stripes? Because they would take the the red bandages, wrap it around the pole, Mm -hmm. and that's how you had the, the red and white stripes. They would stain the pole. Right. So that's why you have like the barber's pole. Mm-hmm. Well, they a lot of the time they did do you know small surgeries and things like yep. that. They weren't necessarily yeah. doctors, but you know no, but they'd possible. remove a corn or yeah. you know something small like that. Exactly. So they got a kidney. Um, and, and <laughs> you know, there's been some other evidence where um, they talk about Aaron Kosminski's brother uh, during the, the. We had also I don't know if we mentioned this or not, but there was a uh, something written in chalk at one of the murders. Yes, there was. Yes, um, and that was actually found near that scrap of of cloth mm-hmm. that could or could not have been removed from one of the uh, one of victims. the other victims. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, when that writing was put up, mm-hmm. it was washed off very quickly by the police. The chief of police actually mm-hmm. came down after he was told what it said and washed it off. Yeah. Now, we don't really know exactly what it says. There has been some reports. Yeah, th- several different things, but it, a little racist. Well, we generally think that it has something to do with um, with uh, with uh, anti-Semitism or right, possibly right. blaming Jews. Yes. Um, now, uh, you know, Aaron Kosminski was a Jew himself. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, he was a Jewish hairdresser. But basically, right around the corner from that, his brother mm-hmm. lived. Now, this was the double murder. This is the one where uh, there was one murdered and then another murdered right directly afterwards. So right, right. It, it, they, they have a tendency to think that he was really pissed off when he got to the second one. That's why he wrote, you know, the inscription on the wall. Hmm. But it also... Uh, that person was found very quickly, and they think that he might have just ducked into his brother's apartment. Okay. Right around the corner. So, yeah, yeah. you know, they all lived in that area. Right. So, um, you know, basically, uh, Aaron Kosminski, he eventually, well, what happened to him? He he went into the asylum as well, I believe. Yeah, Aaron Kosminski, he was transferred to Leavesden Asylum for the imbeciles. Oh, Lead him asylum for the imbeciles. That's great. That's exactly. a nice name. And it was noted that uh, on his, uh, why he was transferred, uh, demented and incoherent. So basically, he was in the nut house. Yeah. By uh, 1894 in April. Mm-hmm. And I believe shortly after that, he actually died of a, like a complication to having gangrene. Probably, he, yeah. yeah. So, and that, that's kind of, he died in the asylum. Yeah. So, but um, the uh, there was, I believe, uh, some DNA passed down from uh, Kosminski's uh, sister's line, mm-hmm. and that was tested against what they think might have been some kind of uh, sperm on the shawl. Okay. So you have you have blood, 
that was tested from uh, Catherine Eddowes family right, and right. Uh, against you know against what was there mm-hmm. and then sperm that they think that was found on the on the scarf mm-hmm. and uh, they basically came up with uh, I believe it was like a 95% match that it was uh, it was uh, the Koz- Kosminski line so um, there's I'm getting into that I'm getting into that okay go, go ahead go ahead no, well I'm... all I'm saying is that uh, this he this is uh, what this gentleman who is selling a book about this specific incident of course. is saying that um, that is the definitive evidence uh, although it has not been brought to any other scientist it has not been brought to any other place and been peer-reviewed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's not letting go of this evidence, uh, uh-huh. showing it to anyone else. Of course, he's got to sell those books. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know? sell the books first, and then yeah, and, and then, then pass it out. Yeah. Right. Well, here's here's big giant plot hole in this scheme. Mm-hmm. Again, going back to they were prostitutes. Yeah, and they were trying to get every stinking penny they could as fast as they could within X amount of hours. McClintock. I mean, uh, Kaminsky mm-hmm. could have been one of the Johns or one of the Jacks. Oh, yeah, you, you know well, what I'm saying? That's how his his you know Spunkmeyer got on the scarf. That that's all I'm saying. There was probably a lot of men's uh, sperm on that on that shawl. <laughs> exactly. Really, there probably was. And there's probably some of her blood because she probably got drunk, passed out, busted her nose. Well, you know, I'm sure there was blood on the scarf from her being murdered. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm saying there's so many different rational, you know, points you could stick in between these bookends yeah. of his book, you know, and be like, well, 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 wait. But there's, I mean, there's been some other, you know, there's, there's been a few letters that have been passed down where they've taken, you know, um, they've taken some kind of DNA evidence off of, but right. n- nothing's really, you know, come and, to any kind of fruition. But this again, is, this is the only thing that's that's been kind of major. However, uh-huh. he's not submitting it to be peer reviewed at this Ex- time. Exactly. So that that's that's the thing. That where kind of makes a big red flag in my head saying yeah. scam. Yeah. It's it's a but bookseller. The, the thing is, is that even though we didn't mention Eric Kosminski before, mm-hmm. he is one of the pretty much three main suspects yes, who they think it is. Yes, he was. So he... Uh, but, I mean, you have to think about the time, too. Mm-hmm. You know, the actual time frame uh, and, and the times itself. Like, she probably had, like you said, lots of spunk on on that scarf. Yeah. So if this guy who's selling the books, who's trying to hawk the books, uh, gave it up for peer review... Or a real scientific, you know, analysis. Yeah, then I would say, great, good job, you caught him. But unless that happens, it's just more speculation on this case. It has so much speculation as it is. It's just another version of of this story from someone else. There are hundreds of books. Dozens and dozens and dozens of films and TV shows. Well, and theories as to, and theories. As to yeah. And not just one theory. One theory could follow so many different paths when you're talking about each murder or each object found or each time frame. Like, there's so much. So good luck selling the books, you know, I mean, right on. But um, it's just too much conjecture, mm-hmm. too much hearsay. Not, not to mention fact. the fact that it's been it's been passed along 
um, you, you know, like we had said, it was it was in 2007. It was mm-hmm. uh, it was auctioned. Yeah, and he he won the bid for that. But mm-hmm. before that, you know, we're talking how many hands? We're, have we're talking a hundred years of just you know over a hundred years of just passing it, you know, hand yeah. to hand, and people uh, feeling of, it, and and just the fact that you're touching a piece of history, yeah, of of one of the most infamous murderers in mm-hmm. in history, yeah, you know, people just touching it, rubbing their hands against it, and stuff like that, it's, getting epithelial uh, cells all over it, <laughs> right? You know and that's, I mean? it's you know, that is the DNA degradation at its best, yeah, you know, because now you have it, it, it's worthless when mm-hmm. it comes to finding a pure DNA match. You're gonna find so many. So, like I was saying, TV, movies, uh, video games have been inspired by this. Uh, there was a musical in 1974 called Jack the Ripper. In the movie This is Spinal Tap in 1984, uh, the guys talked about doing a rock opera about Jack the Ripper's life and calling it Saucy Jack, just like that one letter. <laughs> uh, songs that were inspired by Jack the Ripper and the murders, very widely with artists uh, from Nick Cave and the Bad Seed uh, to Screech Owls to Morrissey, The Headcoats, Bob Dylan, Motionless and White, Judas Priest, Falconer, and the list goes on and on and on and on. But I want to mention two of my favorite pop culture-y type uh, iterations of Jack the Ripper. First one, pretty funny. It's uh, Amazon Women on the Moon from 1987. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Never seen it. <laughs> it's a, you know, like a Roger Corman type comedy okay. thing. In that movie, they speculate that the Ripper's true identity was really the Loch Ness Monster in disguise. Pretty, Seems about right. Yeah, yeah I'm, uh-huh. I'm just saying, Nessie gets around. Yeah. You know, and you know how she frequents the prostitutes. <laughs> All right, and the best one, the best one. Star Trek. Oh, they had an episode. (laughs) Episode 36 in the original series. Okay. It's called Wolf in the Fold. So the episode plays out. So while on shore leave on Argelos 2, Dr. McCoy, Captain Kirk, Chief Engineer Scotty find their... uh, they're, you know, basically out in the town, mm-hmm. and Scotty, the engineer, pretty much gets accused of murder. Oh, really? Yeah. So he gets uh, accused of murder several times. A few exotic dancers. It's Star Trek. <laughs> Were they blue? <laughs> I think one was green. Yeah. I think. Come up, you know, dead. And Scotty's in the right place at the right time, you know, and the local authorities pin it on Scotty. So basically, they, you know, the captain and, and Spock have to um, try to solve the mystery. And clear his name, yeah. So then they find out, after all this, you know, Star Trekiness, uh, they find out the culprit is really an alien entity called Red Jack. Oh. Who seems to embody the spirit of Jack the Ripper. And uh, it's basically like... Star Trek took the Jack the Ripper story, mm-hmm. couldn't do it in space, but, the, you know, let's make it an alien who just behaves like Jack the Ripper. So it's kind of like that, you know, yeah. but the alien... Well, maybe, like, so, like, it's uh, an entity and it flies into different people, ah. you know, that kind of thing. And this is where it gets kind of into your uh, spring Jack thing. Yeah, yeah. People 
you know, kind of had that feeling of uh, this is a, a long-lived entity mm-hmm. that just kind of jumps in and out of beings and plays out its fantasies, i.e. murders, uh, throughout history. Yeah, like a possession almost. Uh, yeah, exactly. So after the suspect lineup uh, they do on the Enterprise, Red Jack is outed and leaps into another crew member's body and then they were able, they're able to separate uh, Red Jack from the crew member, mm-hmm. and they were able to beam the alien into space with, you know, the, the transporter. Yeah, yeah. And with the sparkles in the jar or whatever <laughs> exactly. it is. Yeah. Sparkles in a jar. Uh, and subsequently, quote-unquote, killing him. So we they don't know. They were just know. sending it out there, yeah. Yeah, we don't know if uh, Red Jack is gone. But uh, if the Spring Hill Jack is still around, I don't know. Bing, bing, bing. That's what I'm it, saying. It might be the same guy. Yeah. Gene Roddenberry was a genius. Just saying. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining on us uh, to our uh, journey into <laughs> into uh, Whitechapel. Whitechapel. Into uh, Victorian England. Right. I also <laughs> I wanted to also mention <laughs> that it was even reported that Queen Victoria herself wrote up a list of possible suspects mm-hmm. as to who it could be. Yeah. So even the queen herself got into the act of the armchair detective. Oh yeah, everybody. <laughs> you know, did. and she passed that along to Scotland Yard. Yeah. Yeah. I just oh, thought that was hilarious. Check my list, please. <laughs> <laughs> it must be one of these dirty fellows. I, f- I feel like you know maybe Torchwood would have gotten it. You know, back in the day. Possibly. That's a Doctor Who joke. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, as as always, uh, if you could do us one solid and go to the uh, iTunes music store, maybe give us uh, some five stars. Mm-hmm. Or hey, if you don't think we're that great, just give us a review. I'm yeah. fine with that. You yeah. know, either way. If you think we're worth three stars, give us three stars. If you think we're worth five, and we probably are, mm-hmm. go ahead and give us that. Thank you so much give for us joining the, us. The conical five. Yeah. Stars. Right. <laughs> Sleep tight. Don't let the big buds bite. I'm the itcher. <laughs> the itcher. Hey, is there any topics that you want us to cover? Anything that you want to talk to us about or let us know about? Email us, feedback at thecurioso.com. Our Facebook, facebook.com backslash thecuriosopodcast. We tweet at curiosopodcast. And if you have any five-star reviews you'd like to give us on iTunes, please feel free. Two right. Here we go. <laughs> You're being kiwi. I know. <laughs> I gotta get back in the in the mood. Hold on.